0: As you can tell, I am still gaining my strength and my voice, but I want to get this material out to you this week so you can begin to pray, to study, to begin to ask God for next steps in your life, because I want to talk to you about the question that I posed on Monday. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, the first thing we can do is realize that the foundations are being destroyed because like in so many areas of our lives and especially those of us who are Christians, we cannot see the forest for the trees. It's as though we are blinded and indeed many are blinded by the enemy of our souls. It's like in so many areas, even a Bible study most of our Bible studies today are very lightweight. And even those that are considered heavier studies and more weighty studies deal with breaking down a chapter or breaking down a verse. And uh, some pastors will spend like Martin Lloyd-Jones years in the book of Romans or Romans chapter 1 and they think that that's really feeding the soul of their congregation. Their congregations get smaller and smaller and the reason is, is simply because They are not seeing the forest, the great vast forest, for walking around looking at the specific trees. We do that in almost every area of life, certainly in Bible study. You have men that can parse every verb, decline every noun, know every meaning of every word study, but they don't know the great story of God from creation to the end, from the beginning to the end. And because of that, and we don't know the story, then we cannot pass on these particular truths because we don't know the great truths. Dr. Harold Wilmington was one of the great men who grasped this in the last century with his great panorama of the Bible. You see, God always makes it to where we go from general to specific. That's the way our minds think. That's why when you do a doctoral dissertation or a thesis, you state, where are What are you seeking to prove? What is your thesis? And then you develop that, and you have a Roman numeral one, Roman numeral two, Roman numeral three, and so forth, and then you have a capital A or capital B, and then a one, two, three. In other words, you don't start down with the A, small a, double a letters. No, you get the big picture first. That's why it's so wonderful when we can see things from space, and then we come to 30,000 feet, and then we go to 10,000, and then we fly over in a helicopter or a drone, and then we're on the ground. All of a sudden, we know what we're looking for, but we as men and women who are lost, we are just wandering around, and we don't know the direction because we have failed to see the end from the beginning as God does. And so what I want us to do is to begin to examine how we got into this mess, how 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 can we get out of it? How can we stand in a day when our nation is drowning in its own immorality and ungodliness? things that were once considered off limits are now paraded in the streets with great pride how is it that we have quit even talking about sin and heaven and hell and repentance and now we all we hear from pulpits it seems is about how to be a better daddy and how to be a better mama and all of those things we don't hear about the great truths of scripture anymore and so we've got to get back to learning the entire story of god and we we have to learn our history. We are like the proverbial frog in a kettle. You want to fry a frog, they are so quick and their reflexes are so good. The moment you were to put them in scalding water, their reflexes would just naturally cause them to jump out of it. But if you want to fry a frog and boil a frog, what you would need to do is put it in lukewarm water where it feels at home and continually get it gradually hotter and add As that happens, that frog would literally cook to death. And that's the old story of the frog in the kettle. And that's what's happened to believers. Right now, we are tolerating things in our homes and in our families and in our churches, language, actions, conduct, character that 30 to 40 to 50 years ago would have shut a church down, would have shut a school down, would have torn a family apart. And now we look at it as common language every day, how is it that we got to this point? How is it that our foundation eroded? Well, let me just say up front that, first of all, we're going to have to go back to believing that Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 is really when biblical inspiration begins and not chapter 3 at the fall. You see, either God is either the creator of heaven and earth and everything in it, and he created man and woman, and he created them in his image, or he did not we have got to get back to the absolute that God is the creator and the sustainer and the sovereign of all of life and quit dealing with the secular, Darwinistic, evolutionary, atheistic view that somehow God had nothing to do with what we are or that he wound everything up, created everything and then just set it into motion or some kind of theistic evolution that tries to accommodate science and godliness. Let me tell you, darkness and light cannot walk together. So sooner or later, we're going to have to come to grips with trying to reconcile everything in a godless world with that of the truth of a transcendent God who said, out of nothing, I created everything. And so what we have to realize if we're going to get out of this mess is that we're in a mess and quit trying to paste over it because there are two distinctive worldviews that are are utterly and totally in contrast and opposition to each other. One is a secular humanistic worldview. The other is the Judeo-Christian biblical worldview. The secular humanistic worldview centers everything around man. Man is the center of everything. He is the apex. Man is the arbiter of morality. Man is the judge of what is right and what is wrong. Man is the end in himself. It is politically, usually in the end, brought out through socialism and communism. Its science is Darwinistic evolution, godless science that has an anti-supernatural bias at its heart. Its education is supposedly valueless, which that's oxymoronic. There is no education that is valueless. Every educational system teaches values of some sort. You're either going to have a humanistic value system or a biblical value system where God is the center of everything. God is the end. God is to be glorified. He is the arbiter of what is right and wrong. He is the one who sets down the codes for morality. He is the one that we answer to and accountable to because he made us and he made us in his image. And so education. Has now drifted to where God is stamped out of everything because they do not even want to allow the concept of God in public education. And so, how does this happen? Well, the Apostle Paul, in his great magnum opus, his great volume, the book of Romans, on how we got into the mess we're in, talks about this in Romans chapter 1. And as a matter of fact, he begins in verse 18 and says in the paragraph, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. Ungodliness means anything that is against God. And unrighteousness, that which does not have its center in God. Of men who suppress, the word suppress means to hold down, it means to put a lid on it, on the truth in unrighteousness. You see, the reason that men do not want to obey the truth of God is because they had rather live their own life under their own lordship, under their own humanness and choices that are anti-God. That's the heart of it. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them. You see, every person who's ever been born knows that there is a God. It doesn't matter where they are, where they're born, they will at some point intuitively know that there is someone greater than they are, that they didn't just arrive here. That the great meticulousness of their body, of the seasons, of the stars, of the rhythm of life didn't just happen, but there is a designer, a creator, because what may be known of God is made clear in them, that is intuitively, for God has shown it to them. You say, well, how do you know that? Because God's word, which has been proven true now for 4,000 years, God, who has never lied, said he revealed it to them. You say, well, I don't believe that. Well, that's your choice, and you have chosen to take your own thoughts over the thoughts of God, which is part of the problem I'm getting to. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, what is his invisible attributes? His love, his goodness, his mercy, his omnipotence, that is, that he's all-powerful, his omniscience, that someone is out there who knows everything, that he is all-knowing, all-present, omnipresent, everywhere God sees it all. They are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, that is, the sun, the moon, the stars, the animals, the trees, everything after its own kind, you see this is why it takes a male and a female to produce another living thing. This is absolute idiocy. We have gone insane and lost our moral and our intellectual understanding of life when we say that there is something other than a male or a female. It has been that way since creation, it will be that way until the end of the earth. The scripture says that they are understood by the things that are made even His eternal power and Godhead so that everyone is without excuse. People say, well what about those in deepest, darkest communist China? They know there's a God. They may not know His name but if they have any kind of inkling in their heart to want to know Him, that is because God is drawing them to Himself and He will get the gospel message to them. The light that they walk in, God will give them more light. God will never refuse anyone who has a desire." Desire to know him because they didn't just come up with that on their own. They were drawn by the Spirit of God out of a love and a compassion for the creation that he made. It says, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Now, let me just pause here just a moment and make a statement to you. The Scripture says when they knew who God was, that is all of us, and those who reject God, those who have their own world view and their own world system, and anything that is apart from God ultimately is humanism and centered in humanism, whether it is a false religion, whether it is idolatry of any kind, it is based in the fact that man can choose his own way, and he can make his own way, and he does not need God. He can live independently independently from God. It says because although they knew God, they knew who he was, that this is a word for intimacy here. They knew exactly who he was. They did not glorify him. They did not give him his rightful place. You see God is sovereign and if we don't give him his sovereign place in our lives, not just as a part of our life, but our life, to give our life to him. We owe our life to him. We would not be here without him. We could not breathe without him. We could not live without him. We could not know Him. We could not know one another and know what it's like to be intimate with one another without Him. It says, when they did not give Him His rightful place as God, they were unthankful because of all that God had done. They would not recognize that. They became futile in their thoughts. Now, here's what I want you to take away. Moral darkness. That is, choosing to not give God his rightful place always precedes intellectual darkness. You see, education is not the great panacea. Because you can educate people in a secular humanistic way and you will have one of the most godless cultures and civilizations known to man. History records that in the 30s, prior to the rise of Adolf Hitler in the 20s and 30s, Germany was known as the great intellectual power of the world. There was never a more educated people on the planet than Germany in the 20s and the 30s. And out of that godless educational system rose to power one of the most demonic men who ever walked on the face of the earth, Adolf Hitler and his henchmen, and because of their moral darkness, The intellectual darkness overtook the country. You see, when you turn away from God, you turn into darkness. And what has happened in our educational system in America today, all the way down to the grade schools, we have kicked God out of our public education. We have kicked morality from God out of our public education. We have made the institutions of higher learning, many which started on a Judeo-Christian Biblical world value system has now turned into godless, atheistic places where God is not welcome and God is not allowed. And this so-called academic freedom is a joke, and you know it, because what we're seeing today in America is the result of the foundations of the biblical worldview being eroded. And if we're ever going to get it back, you and I are going to have to start in our own heart, in our home, in our church. Churches, and fathers are going to have to get back into the lead in their families and start teaching and preaching their children and grandchildren the truths of God's word and teach them to stand in a godless, immoral world. And uh, we're going to have to repent of sin in our own personal lives. And besides that, we're going to have to, in our churches, have pastors once again stand and thunder, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ, and begin to tell the story of God unashamedly and start talking about heaven and hell and eternity again, because this life will be over before we know it. Sooner or later, we're going to have to get back to the foundation, once again, of biblical values. Now, I'm going to talk more about the particulars in the days ahead of this humanistic philosophy and culture that we're living in, but it is godless, and unless Christians stand up and are willing to be more biblically accurate than popular and well-liked and Politically correct, we will never see this nation turn back to God. We have the greatest opportunity in the next few years to see the great revival we've all longed for because the darker the night, the brighter the light. Am I discouraged? Absolutely not. Am I encouraged? Absolutely so. Because I believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus' substitutionary death, burial, and resurrection, that Jesus is alive today and coming is the only hope for mankind. I believe it's the only hope for our families. I believe it's the only hope for our relationships. I believe it's the only hope to restore righteousness to this land and to get back to preachers teaching and preaching the Word of God and quit worrying about a paycheck. If you need to, get out and get a job. Be bivocational, tri-vocational, whatever you have to do to get the gospel out. God didn't call us to be... People who are worried about a paycheck, God is able to provide for us. What we need to do is fear no man, fear God, preach the truth, and the foundations will begin to be restored. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions.